Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks, and welcome to RealMentorsRadio.com. I tell you what, we are having a blast. Troy Dooley here, your host. And I tell you, we have had just a beautiful spring down here on the Emerald Coast of Florida. Last year, we went directly from just flat winter to summer. And, I mean, it was blistering hot. Now, it was great for us because the tourists... Uh, industry came back after that oil and all that other garbage. And this year, though, what a phenomenal time. The windows are open. The breeze is out. Not a cotton-picking piece of humidity at all. And people get freaky. They say, Troy, how can you not have humidity? You're on the ocean. Man, you got to come visit to understand. But it is a rocking time. Had a beautiful morning already today. My two baby girls, 16 and 17 years old are up at the college taking their college entrance exams. Don't tell me homeschooling doesn't work. I tell you what, I'm so proud of their mom and the work that she has done with these girls. I'm so proud of the girls and what they're doing. And it's amazing. They both have phenomenal careers that they're going for. And, uh, you know, when it's it just I'm, I'm a blessed man. I'll just flat out tell you, I am a blessed man. And... Today we are talking about that. We are on Chris. We're on. We're in Chris Widener's book, "Live the Life You've Always Dreamed Of." Now, listen. I have a guy all the time. He says, "Troy, every time I call you, say you're having a fantastic day," and I and I am. I learned that from Garrett McGrath. You know, I constantly have a fantastic day. Does that mean that that everything is peaches and cream every day? Heck, no. Matter of fact, when the girls got up to the college, Tessa called and said, "Daddy." I saw a little bit of smoke, I think, coming out from my engine. I said, don't worry about it. Go take your test. We'll talk about it later. Obviously, that would put a damper in my day. I have to go figure out what's going on, cross the bay, yada, yada, yada. We all are going to go through that. But the concept here is to stay focused on the big picture. And, and here's how I kind of look at this. This isn't in Chris's book, but we're going we're gonna to talk about it. Here's how I do this. I go back to a small story in the Bible. And, and it's not that it's, it's anything big to people outside the Bible. And, 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 and it's not really even spiritual. It, it's really more about what happened before Jesus died on the cross. Now, again, folks, if you're new to listening, I, I talk about my faith all the time, but, but just hear me out. It's not, I'm not going to give you some spiritual preaching or anything. I just want you to think about this. This is how I see my day. This is how I go about this. Jesus went up to the garden. He was hanging out with his crew. They went to sleep, and he's praying. He is so emotionally distraught that he's sweating blood. And if you, if you check science, you'll see that under an undue stress, your actual capillaries can break right underneath the, the epidural of your skin. Epi, epidural. <laughs> yeah, my wife having a baby. Your epidermis, I think is how you say that, or however it is. Man, I'm no medical deal, but the first layer of skin, and it breaks. And it looks like you're sweating blood. And I got to thinking about that. Here he is, totally distraught. And he's praying to God, saying, Is there any way I can keep from just dying on the cross? Can this cup please pass from me? 
I would rather, you know, now now that it's time, now that now, now that it's this daggum close, isn't there something else that can be done? Your will, Father, if this is the only way, okay, I'm in. But can we talk about it? Now, see, to me, that's how I look at it. Because Jesus later gets up, they take him prisoner. According to the story, they beat him. They make fun of him. They ridicule him. Put a crown of thorns on his head. Make him carry his own daggum cross to the grave. And yet on the cross, according to the story, he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So when I'm going through my day, and and life sucks, I've come to the analogy that until they crucify me and hang me on a cross, I really don't have any room to sit around wallowing in self-pity about how my life sucks. So I end up having a fantastic day. See, I think if we put it all in perspective, that's how we've got to look at it. See, we've got to stay motivated. And this is principle number five in Chris's book. Stay motivated for success. I had a guy on Facebook today write the video I put up about Gary Racer several months ago, and he says, I think you should take this video down. I don't think you should talk about the, the chaos in your family and the turmoil that your family's going through. And it was kind of humorous because what had happened was Josh and I was on the way to Alabama to, to, to finish up the court case where Paige and I got custody of Ashton. And... I mentioned that, hey, my son just got out of prison. I'm hanging out with him. We're going up here to take care of this court case. And this guy makes this comment. I said, dude, I just believe in in authentic transparency. I let people know that this is my life, that, that we're all going through things, that life isn't perfect. It's not like you see on TV, that all these people that you think are just, hey, okay people, we all go through things. We're just normal human beings. But we stay motivated. Now, the question is, how can you stay motivated? I mean, a lot of times we expect others to keep us motivated. We'll spend tens of thousands of dollars to stay motivated by other people. Here's what you've got to do. I'm going to give you six ways that that Chris puts in his book. Number one, get motivated every day. Every day, find something that you can be motivated about that's going to help you reach that objective, that goal, that purpose that you have. It's funny. He writes in here, he said, Zig Ziglar was once confronted about being a motivational speaker. A guy says to him, you guys come and get people hyped up, and then you leave, and the motivation goes away. It doesn't last, and then you have to get motivated all over again. Zig Ziglar sits there for a minute, and if any of you have ever listened to Zig and his old southern drawl, you know how he is. And he looks at the old boy, and he said, now that you bring that up, kind of, kind of sounds the same as taking a bath. we got to do that every day. You know what? That's a pretty good idea, too, so we ought to stay motivated every day. And I thought, you know, that makes good sense. Every day, we're, we're taking a bath. We're cleaning the dirt off of us. We're getting rid of that nasty, dirty smell. You hear that airplane in the background? I just love this time of year. But you know what? We don't not take baths because we, 
we thought we got it all off the day before. you got to stay motivated. See, we simply have to realize that if we want to stay motivated over the long term, then we're going to apply ourselves to it. See, motivation comes from within, not from without. Herman Cain, phenomenal man, writes this. If it doesn't come from in, it doesn't come. Entrepreneur, political aspirations to be president. If you know Herman Cain's story, you know he came from humble beginnings. Became a multimillionaire. I love that story. Number two, have a vision for your life. Now, maybe this is what we should talk about here. You know, the word motivation, the root word, as Chris says, is motive. And the definition of motive is a reason to act. See, this is the rational side of motivation. It's your vision. What is your motive to act? Every day I know why I get up. Every day I know why I serve my clients. Every day I know why I serve the network marketing community, why I serve my wife, my kids, my community. You have to have a vision big enough to motivate you. Now, here's the kicker. Some people say, screw it. I don't want to have a motivation. I don't want to have a motive. I just want to freaking die. Poor, poor me. You don't know what it's like, Troy. Well, I probably don't. But I know that nowhere in my upbringing did my mom and dad teach me to quit. Nowhere in my upbringing did they say, give up. Nowhere in my upbringing did they say, well, when you get to a certain age in life and your health is deteriorating, you just tell them, you know, kiss my backside, I'm done. Matter of fact, I don't even see where God says to do that if you're a Christian in the Bible. I don't see one place where a king or a prophet or anybody else in the Bible, any of the heroes of the faith or just the stories, where they said, okay, it's time to just give up. If anybody was going to give up, it should have been old Job. He didn't even give up. So this this idea that we're just supposed to give up, we're not supposed to be motivated, we're we're in our 70s, we're in our 80s, we're in our whatever the heck it is. Oh, we're just going to give up. Oh, the doctor said I'm going to die. Nothing he can do. I don't believe that. But again, it's got to come from within. You're the one that has to decide. I want to be motivated. I want to be somebody. I want to fulfill what God has in my life. Sadly, in my life, I've seen too many people die who did not fulfill the mission that they had in life. And I always sit back and ponder that. Why? Why not go for it? So what if you don't accomplish everything? Life will be a joy to no end. Number three, you've got to fuel your passion. See, much of motivation is emotional. Chris writes, I don't quite know how it works, but I know that it works. Emotion is a powerful force in getting us going. Passion is an emotion, so fuel your passion. However, 20% of the world says, well, I'm a logical type individual. I don't get emotional. That's for those weakness people. I disagree. 
some of the most logical people I have ever met get emotional. From accountants to scientists. When a breakthrough happens, even the most logical person gets excited. Want to know a logical person that, that I've read about quite a bit? you got to dig deep to really get to know his personality a little bit. And that's a guy in the Bible they call Doubting Thomas. See, Thomas, even though the, the theologians love to call him Doubting, was logical. He had walked three years with Jesus. He'd listened. He dissected everything that Jesus had to say. He probably understood a lot better than most and kept it to himself because as a logical individual, especially those that use a, a pragmatic or a critical type of thinking process, he probably came to the conclusion before the rest of them, man, this isn't going to turn out like we think it is. And then the day came when he watched his Savior down across. Then all of a sudden, the rumors started flying, Jesus is alive, he's risen from the dead. Now, an emotional person would freak out and say, all right, oh, this is great, okay. A logical person's going to say, yeah, like, hell, he did. That doesn't happen. That happened back with the prophets and all that, but it doesn't happen today. Jesus was able to rise Lazarus from the dead, but it doesn't happen. No. The only way I'm going to know for sure, the only way I'm going to believe the rumors is if I can logically put my fingers in the holes in his hands where the nails were. Now, if you all want to go look up the story, you can see how the ending is, and I guarantee you he got emotional. His passion started flying again. Even if you're a logical individual, you have to have passion. John Addison, the co-chairman of Primerica, is a CPA accountant by trade. Very logical, very numbers-oriented. Man, he knows the math, but you get that boy on stage, and I'm telling you what, he gets passionate. Number four, you've got to work hard enough to get results. Jim Rohn, or Jim Ruin, rather, says, motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. I'll take that a step further and say it's a ritual that keeps you going. You've got you to break through the habit. It has got to become a way of life for you. You can't work just hard enough. You've got to work it out. Art Williams said, all you can do is all you can do, but all you can do is enough. But are you doing all you can do? That's the question. I'm watching a, a, an old TV series called Friday Night Lights. Very opening season, very opening episode, quarterback, stud guy, going to college on scholarships, makes a play, breaks his back paralyzed from the waist down. You think, man, his life is over. No, he just had to change his life. Now five or six episodes in, instead of playing football, he's taken that pent-up anger and that energy, and now he's becoming a paraplegic athlete on the basketball court. See, 
you got to be motivated. you got to have passion. you got to have vision, but you got to work hard enough. you got to dig so far deep that when the pain is there, you break through it. You don't listen to people say, well, he's losing it. You know, she just isn't the same as she used to be. She's got that old-timer's disease. She's getting a little bit of, of weirdness in her brain. No, you don't do that crap. Well, his heart's going to give out. Now, he's too old for a heart transplant. We ain't going to worry about that. Just let him die. You know what? You can go down that road. Yeah, it's no problem. Just go down that road. Make yourself feel good. Or you get off your daggum butt. And you say, you know what? It isn't like it used to be. I can't do everything I want to do. But man, I still got something to give to this world. And I'm going to figure out what the heck it is. And you go do it. And you do it. And you do it. And you do it till the job gets done. And you do it, and you do it, and you do it till the job gets done. You don't quit. See, this is what I love about Chris's book. Number five, you put good materials into your mind. One of the things that my pappy taught me many years ago was how to enjoy reading a good Western. And one of the greatest Westerns I've ever read is one that most people have never heard of called Riley's Luck by Louis L'Amour. There are more nuggets of wisdom in that one Western than in most any other Western I've ever read. Although, John Stone's got some good stuff in in his Eagle series. That one book, how a three-year-old whose mother left him for dead in the cold, taken in by a gambler, a gambler who loved to read and passed on his wisdom, That's what it's about. See, if you put good materials into your mind, the right CDs, the right music, the right everything, it's amazing. It's amazing what will happen when you turn that computer a little bit more in that brain. Sometimes you're going to be reading books. Sometimes you're going to be listening to music. I never listen to motivational stuff when I'm riding my bike. I'm listening to some good powered up music. You want to know why? I want my focus on what I'm doing, and that is pushing my body beyond what it would like to go and feeling the torment of the muscles as I feel the fat move out of them and the mass starts to build. I don't like riding my bike all the time. I'll tell you that right now. But you know what? It works. And when you dig deep like that, and you put the right stuff in your mind, it's amazing. Now, sometimes you're going to be wanting to walk down the beach or along the lake, maybe just down the road. Maybe in those times you don't want some fast music going on. You want some, some deep reading material so you've got that on your iPod or your MP3 player. Maybe some of you are downloading our iPods and listening to them as you walk. I think that's cool if you are. I do sometimes. Whatever it is, you've got to fill your mind with positive. One of the, the greatest trips I ever took with my mom and daddy. We were going out, I think it was to Canada that year. We had three weeks. And dad had just bought a brand new uh, tape set. It was It was the Bible 
the living story. So he'd put one of those cassette tapes in there, and and the guy would be talking, but it was like you were listening to an old radio program with the the animal sounds in the background and and all the the music that would build up during the episodes. It was powerful. I think back then they only had the New Testament. Makes you wonder how the Song of Solomon might have turned out on that cassette tape. But we were listening to the New Testament. Man, it was phenomenal. It was wonderful. Number six, ride the momentum when it comes. Chris says, sometimes you will get to clicking and sometimes you won't. This is okay. It's a cycle of life. But when you aren't clicking, plug away. And when you're clicking, pour it on because the motivation will help you get larger gains in a shorter period of time. See, there's, there's, there's six ways to really stay motivated. You get motivated every day. You have a vision for your life. You fuel your passion. You work hard enough to get the results. You put good material in your mind, and you ride the momentum. You don't give up. You've got to keep going. Now, some of you may be saying, man, this is great. Troy, I know Chris. He's rich. He's, he's been running for Senate. You know, he, he helps people. You know, you've you, you got all these radio shows. You're doing good, but I don't have any motivation. You know how long it took me to get in the position I am today just in network marketing? 30 years. Trial and error, building and going, realizing I wasn't the greatest prospector, but I was pretty good at sales, so I'd go out there and make some pretty good sales, make a lot of money. But I wasn't really good at keeping my money, so I blew it all, ended up in bankruptcy. Had to start all over again. Had to find what it is. I love this profession. Found out that owning a company wasn't as cool as, as working as an executive for somebody else and pushing them up. I love that. But then I realized my true calling in life is to be a 360 leader and to push up other people all over the place, and it has been a blast ever since. But I had to find my motivation. So what do you got to do when you feel like you don't want to do anything? Here's a saying that Chris has that I just love. He says, the measure of your success usually comes down to who wins the battle that rages between the two of you. The you who wants to stop, give up, take it easy, and the you who chooses to beat back that which would stand in the way of your success. Complacency. For you Christians, do you know that complacency is a sin? Oh, yeah. Does the Bible come right out and say complacency is a sin? Nope. Here's what it says. Thou shall have no other gods before me. See, God is not a complacent God. So when you put complacency as your number one priority, and you just say, the heck with it all then you've literally put yourself and your wants and desires above those of God. That's a sin. Makes you wonder, hmm. See, I believe that if you want to get back that momentum or you want to even find the momentum, then here's what you've got to do. And we're going to take the next four or five minutes and I'm going to explain this. Number one, you've got to honestly honestly evaluate whether or not you need a break. 
Maybe you've been pushing yourself so freaking hard on something that you're just burnt out and you need to take some time off. I don't ride my bike every day. I tweak it out. I change it up. I do different things. Ride my bike, work out, do calisthenics. I walk sometimes. Sometimes network marketing just daggum sucks. You want to know how I get out of the mundane? One of the companies will fly me in to, to cover one of their events. And that's a break from the mundane of writing and doing videos all the time. I get out and walk on the beach. I take my wife for a drive. Call my office phone. Listen to my message. We are on the road. We do not. I don't live my life tied to work anymore. You'd be amazed at how much time you have when you live with motivation, when you live with passion. But you've got to honestly look. Why don't I want to take this action? Honestly evaluate whether or not you need a break. Chris writes this. What separates those who will become successful from those who will maintain the status quo is the ability to choose to find the inner motivation to conquer their complacency. Nobody said life would be easy, that it would be fair, that you would always win. But what it does say is that if you keep at it and you keep pushing towards that end goal, keep pushing towards the end game, what you were created for, and you do it up until you take your last breath, that you will live a fulfilled life, and you won't lay on your deathbed saying, I wish I had, I wish I had. Think about that. Number two, you've got to start small. Too many people try to go out and conquer the world on $2. You need to start small. I started riding my bike down and around the corner and back, down and around the corner and back. Now I ride all over town, all over this island. I remember the first day I got on my bike and rode it, and I came back, I about died. But it was worth it. I knew I was going somewhere. Number three, you've got to change your routine. Do something different every day. Keep yourself motivated. Tweak your mind out. Push yourself beyond your limits. Don't give in to the garbage. You can do it. You've got to knock out the tea. Reward yourself. When you hit all strides, when you're making it, when you see a result in front of you, that small result towards the big end game, reward yourself. You want to know how I reward myself? I bust my butt all week. I'm sitting here watching what my intakes of carbs are, watching what my calories are, focused on my protein, putting in my supplements, and then comes Sunday morning, and here's what I do. I get myself a cup of coffee, and I get myself half of a Krispy Kreme donut, and I reward myself. Now, when I'm not doing that, I sneak over to Starbucks, and I get me a double chocolate chip with a hint of peppermint in it, and I reward myself, and then I get back at it first thing Monday morning. Whatever your case is, you've got to reward yourself. And lastly, reconnect the action with pleasure than pain. One of the reasons my marriage is as successful as it is is because I always look at it with pleasure. It doesn't matter if Paige and I are arguing about something. I know that we're growing while we're going through that debate. I look at everything in life that way. When somebody criticizes me on the Internet, I don't look at it as, oh, somebody doesn't like me. 
I get all excited because I know I've engaged somebody in some intelligent conversation and people are going to see it. Folks, you got to go out there today and get yourself motivated. Monday, we'll be on principle number six. It's re- it really is better to give than to receive. We are going to have an awesome time. Hey, have an awesome time this afternoon. We will be on Aces Radio Live later today. Live life like it's an epic adventure. And remember, if you're in network marketing, act like it. I'll see you here Monday morning on RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye now.